Blog Talk Radio. I'm back. <laughs> that was Jesse Mallon, and um, we have a special guest today. Welcome to a special edition of the Indie Cafe on the Red Velvet Media Network. And um, I just wanted to uh, say um, I want to say hello to everybody out there. It's been a while since I've been on, and 
If you'd like to call in today, our number is 347-677-1036. And um, if you'd like to listen to the show later, it will be available on iTunes and also available on demand on Red Velvet Media Blog Talk Radio under the Indie Cafe. We do shows with the Indie Cafe once a month with Spencer, and Spencer pops on from time to time on some of my shows. He's kind of like my East Coast Connection partner slash radio extraordinaire, um, rock and roll extraordinaire. Anyway, let me bring Jesse on because that is just a great song, and not only it has a lot of hidden meaning um Jesse is, um, I was told, part owner of the Bowery, and um, let's bring everybody on. Jesse, and let's bring Spencer on. Welcome to the show. Hey, hi, Holly. Hello, hello. Everybody's here. Hey, hey, hey. Hello, hello. Are you in a safe place now, Jesse? Yeah, I'm just getting out of the car into the house now. You're up the apartment stairs, so I'm just coming in. You're in New York, right? What's the weather like there? Yeah, New York City, Manhattan. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm really glad that you're here, and I'm really glad myself to personally be here because I've gone through a lot of things. So I'm here, and Spencer's here, and we are live with you. So um, for anybody that doesn't know who Jesse is, first of all, uh, let me give you out your website, and then away you go, Spencer. It's J-E-S-S-E-M-A-L-I-N.com, and um, uh, why don't you hit it um, and tell us who... Jesse is Spence a little bit. Well, he's been, uh, in my 35 years of music, I, mm-hmm. I really mean this from my heart and soul, he's one of the greatest acts I have seen at this point of his life. And the thing about Jesse, which I find, and I've seen him at John Barbados and the Bowery Electric, uh, is that he's very exciting live. He has mm-hmm. a great band besides that. And um, it's someone you have to see live. It's just I, I can't, ex- I just can't relate it on the phone. Like he will be on the stage and he goes right into the audience and with the people. That's awesome. And, right, and he's interactive totally, uh, which makes him. But his band is always good. He has great music. I've seen your videos, Jesse. They're great. Lots of good yeah, energy. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and, um, yeah. I think what we're going to do is uh, we'll go into the because a lot of people don't know uh, learning about Jesse also and the past. So we'll start off right away with um, that Jesse started at age 12 as a frontman for a group called Heart Attack, right, Jesse? That's true. And oh my uh, gosh, you're going to laugh, Spence. I have a what? picture. I have a oh, picture really? on the on the on the pictures. <laughs> Jesse, you're going to you're going to want to kill me. I have a picture of you, the first one that you said. I don't know. This is like a typical New York picture. I think you were like only like 15 or so at the time. It's where you're standing in front of a car, the three three of you. Oh, yeah, that's the first photo that they took of us. Uh, at, you know, uh-huh. we were younger when we started, but that was when we put our first record. I out. found the picture. I posted that's great. it. It's on the player. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I want to... Uh, so, so uh, yeah, that's that's really cool, Hal. I love that. Um, and and then uh, he goes, uh, Jesse goes into um, into the '90s, a group called Degeneration with Howie Pyro, right? Howie is a great musician, and Joe Rizzo, is that right? Uh, no, no, it was Howie Pyro, Danny Sage, ah, who was okay. in Heart Attack as well, Michael Wildwood, and Richard Backus. Um, Joe Rizzo came later on our last tour and just uh, filled in on the drums. He's a great drummer, but the, the band was those first people that I listed that we did three records with. And Todd Youth, he joined at the end. But we um, pretty much were friends that grew up together in Queens and been in different bands together and wanted to make 
the kind of band that, you know, we would want to go see at that time. We felt that, you know, there was the war on drugs, the war on sex, the war, you know, it was a very conservative yeah. time. People were into grunge music, dressed up like farmers and flannels, you know, uh, New York didn't matter. It just seemed like time to make this kind of a uh, gang, a bunch of friends that used to hang out together, decide to take it onto the stage and try to share that with the audience, the, the fun that we would have when we get together and listen to records and get drunk and break things. <laughs> yeah, and this, is it... That uh, you did three albums. Yeah, we did three albums, and uh, we were around for about seven years. And recently, two years ago, we got together and did some recording, which we're thinking about putting out. We did some touring in Europe and the states. Yeah, uh, the same five guys, and, and we had a nice time. I mean, Degeneration uh, was was a big part of my life that I'm proud of. And when that ended, I went solo, and you know, obviously. You've got a lot, Jesse. Yeah, I'm you know what's interesting to me? You, you know what's interesting? You hooked up with Ryan Adams, right? And he produced you or something? What's the story on that? Yeah, he produced my first solo record. He was a D-Generation fan. Uh, he was a D-Generation fan. We met in 96, I think, in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. And he was in Whiskey Town. And um, we started to become friends. And he ended up in New York a lot. And so we made the first album. He produced it, Fine Art of Self-Destruction. We did that pretty rapidly in like five days. And, and he did a, a phenomenal job on it. And it's still one of my favorite things that I, I've made yeah, for all the records. You know, the thing that is noted is you did a single called Queen of the Underworld that was a smash in the U.K., right? Really gave you a lot of praise there. Um, yeah, it did well. I don't know about smash, but the record itself did pretty good over there. It was like uh, a new career, you know, to go overseas and people that didn't know a lot about the history and have uh, a record out as a solo artist. It was um, great. I still love going over there. We're going to go in the fall in November. And oh, great. That, that whole part, Europe and everything, but the U.K. especially. And, um, yeah, that record, I guess after being in a, in a band for so many years, which is great, and writing songs with the consciousness of, like, four other people, it was really cool to be able to be alone and, and write a solo record and just, you know, kind of, just put it all out there personally as an individual as opposed to, um, you know, writing for four other individuals. And you could sing about different things. You could become a shrink. You could become a Rorschach test or some whiny. <laughs> you could do anything. anything. Yeah. You know what I so, like, Spencer, that he's yeah. done is he's what, – what I really was impressed with what you've done, Jesse, in your life is you've collaborated with a lot of people and also – did a lot of covers on different things, but then you did um, tributes with Bruce Springsteen, and yeah, then that's you covered the Clash's "Death or Glory" tribute. Um, yeah, you know, it. so I thought that was really cool that you went that way. And I was reading that you were a fan of Neil Young and Tom Waits and Steve Earle. That's that's yeah, great. Yeah, well, those are good songwriters. You know, so you look up to the people that, that really yeah, can do it. Yeah, definitely. You know? But I like that those people were songwriters, but they also had some kind of edge as a rock and roll performer, not just and like they had a message, adult. right? A message, a yeah, whole yeah. style. A message yeah. and a darkness to it, you know. It's important. Mm-hmm. It's not too clean. You know, you don't want to be John Denver every day. No, right. no, no. Right. We don't want you to be John Denver every day. But you know what's really cool, Spencer, is that he stayed within the music industry. Not only are you doing music, you're also, you own a couple music venues in New York, right? I have a small piece of a place that does live music called the Bowery Electric, me and uh, three other people. Um, and then there's a little bar that we have down the street, too. But that those is are like, um, kind of like these fun things to do, you know, like these hobbies that you 
have this Frank Sinatra fantasy of like, well, if I make a little money, wow. I want to have a club. But you know, I think um, I think it's something that helped me out when I kind of was in a jam after I broke up my first band. I was able to have a place mm-hmm. to DJ and uh, you know, a place to go and drink for free. And I think people, when they're not playing music, you know, what they want to do. You know, just hang out and talk about music and talk to other people that like music and listen to music. So, you mm-hmm. know, you can get away from it. Um, I first started with Degeneration. God, it's so noisy out here by my window. I'm going to go further in. I went by, you know, with Degeneration, we, we had a publishing deal, and I took some of that money. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And I opened up a place called Coney Island High on, say, Mark's place. And oh, then yeah. I went on tour, and I gave, it seemed like everybody gave the whole place away. And it was such a, a well, you know we're them. in New York, and we hear silence. We know we're in New York, right? <laughs> <laughs> a little bar with, with friends that I trust. Yeah, the thing, I know. The thing I, know. That I, I want to yeah. talk a little about Barry Electric because I've been there, uh, Holly, uh, also, mm-hmm. uh, is that the club is very different. I, I usually review, you know, and I go to City Winery. You know our clubs. that They've been on a show and Cutting Room. And the Barry Electric has a real incredible feel to it. Uh, one thing is it's got like two floors. You go, and if you go down to the bottom level, is actually like a little two-floor thing with a bar overlooking okay. uh, the stage. And when you walk down to the stage, is a mm-hmm. small area where you can sit and stand, and you feel like in the entire place that you're right on the stage. You see the stage Really wow, small. you're and, over it. And I, uh-huh. when we had we had the CBGB Fest last Saturday, which I had the honor of speaking with uh, Seymour Stein and Danny Field, our friends, Joe Monty Melnick and Bob Gruen. And uh-huh. I noticed being on the stage, you would, uh, and Jesse knows this from Blaine, you're really up close with everybody, and you get this real personal feeling. That's awesome. You know? And it also has a really... Uh, uh, a grit feel to it, you know what I mean? It's uh, and it, it's just a wonderful place to be in and experience for anybody who's in New York. That's awesome. Well, I I definitely will be checking out the Barry Bit. I want to hear more about Jesse's music and and the release of uh, your latest CD that you released back um, a while ago, but you re-released it, Love It to Life, right? Yeah, Love It to Life was the now working. You're cutting out a little bit, Jesse. Can you hear me now? Is it any better? Now, I yeah, I can hear yeah, you now. now. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. We did Love It to Life, and that was on Side One Dummy Records 2010. That was the last record. So in between now and then, we did some degeneration recording, and I started writing like a whole bunch of songs, and, and now we're narrowing it down for, uh, for the next album. And I guess, you know, friends, when we did a show, we play mostly a lot of new material these days just to get them road tested and see how they feel. Um, mm-hmm. And the next record's going to come out in early 2015. And that would be uh, the follow-up to Love It to Life. Oh, uh, awesome. you did! So, you did! Um, cool. You were like going back. I want to go back again because we didn't complete that. Uh, you did an album called The Heat in two hundred four. Yeah. How was that? Tell us about that. Um, that's album. one of my favorites. That's the second record. Um, again, you know, I had a really good band: Paul Garisto on drums and Johnny Paisano, Joe McGinty, Brian Adams played some really killer guitar and helped out a lot. My manager, Diane Gentile, did a lot of work with the production with me and ended up kind of producing it, you know, with her and with Ryan's help. And it just was, you know, we had a great engineer, Eli Janney, and um, just a great team. We did it at a studio called Stratosphere in New York on the west side that mm. no longer exists, but it was owned by uh, James Hop from the Pumpkins and, um, you know, Adam from the Fountains of Wayne. 
and it just uh, had a great vibe, a great sound there. So that record will be the second one, and, and I did a lot of touring behind it. We still play a lot of those songs in the set, songs like Hotel Columbia and Mona Lisa, and it was more about a, a look, I guess, a global look. I had been touring on the fine art self-destruction for a year, and I wanted to, to really know what to write about. My friends were having kids and getting married, and I was still just, you know, drinking Heineken's in a dressing room and living <laughs> out of a suitcase. And I didn't mm. want the cliche road album, but, you know, it was a weird time. There was a war going on in Iraq, and they were searching for the weapons of mass destruction, and yeah. everybody was saying, yeah, no, yeah, no. He asked me a question. They said, yeah, no. Like, it was like Bush double talk had infected us, and, you know, it just... Uh, we were really hated all around the world. Being an American, I almost was going to tell people I was from Canada, but I always felt that if you're from New York, you you weren't a person of, of the rest of the world. You were from New York. It was not America. It was mm-hmm. its own part in, in the planet. You wanted to give a message to everybody. Yeah. 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 But, um, you uh, know, I want to say real together. quick, for all the people listening in the, in the chat room, um, there is a chat room I forgot to tell everyone at the beginning. Um, if you wanted to go into the chat room, you just need to create an account. For everyone listening in the chat room, I want to say if you missed the beginning of the show, the show will be available on iTunes, and I'll post that link in the chat room, and I just posted your uh, website, and uh, you can listen to the show in its entirety again on iTunes and also on demand on Red Velvet Media Blog Talk Radio. Um, and if you would like to call in and talk to either myself or Spencer and Jesse, the number is 347-677-1036. So the next, thing I, the next thing I want to go into is your album called Glitter in the Gutter. <laughs> yeah, that's the third album. We made that in Los Angeles. That was um, What's the story produced by Rob Caggiano and Eddie Wall. We did that for um, Adeline Records' label. Uh, the guys like Billy Joe and Green Day had a label. They still do put out like AFI and hmm. a lot of stuff like that. And we, we recorded with them for that label, and we did it... Um, but the producers mostly in Los Angeles. I, I tried to move there for a little while. Um, there were some fun songs on that record, you know, Black Hair Girl and Prisoners of Paradise, Modern World. And I did that song, Broken Radio. It was a ballad on that record that was really um, close to my heart. And, you know, we did a video Aww. for a bunch of those songs. That's so, nice. Yeah, that yeah. record was uh, was kind of a pop rock record, I guess. And, yeah. Yeah, it, it definitely was a little different than the first two. I think uh, they were going for stuff that was a little more... You've worked with a lot of other people besides... Yeah, there's a way... I, when I want to... Them, Holly, i got yeah. to go into this next album. I'll cover that. On, okay. On, cool, on your sleeve, on your sleeve, that album's interesting. The, uh, the Ramones, Sam Cooke songs, right? Neil Young? Yeah, it's a covers record. You know, we kept getting asked to do these um, tributes by the English magazines, Uncut and Mojo. They do these... You know, a tribute to the Clash and I did Death of Glory, or a tribute to the Springsteen thing. I did Hungry Heart, and it's with all these artists, and they would get the CD stuck on the magazine. They still do, so it became part of the show. And plus, in the beginning, I only had one album out, and then I only had like two. And then, like, so you want to play a little longer, especially in Europe, they want you to play long. So we started putting covers in the set of things that we loved or grew up on, or thought would you know help with the crowd, or just things we just wanted to play for the fuck of it. So a lot of those songs built up, and I was like, you know what? Let's just do like a fun record and like making somebody a mixtape. Everybody was like, don't make a covers record. That's crazy. You don't write the songs. You won't make any money. But in the end, um, it was a real fun thing to do. You know, have a song, have like a hold steady song, 
and then have an Elton John song or have the Bad Brains and then have, mm, you know, yeah. a, a Tom Waits song. So that, that, I mean, to me, it all makes sense. I just like good songs. So it's fun. Wow. And, and, then, and then you have a group called Jesse Mellon and the St. Mark's Social. Yeah, that was uh, the band that did the Love It to Life record and the touring behind it. And uh, yeah, that was the, you know, you played Burn in the Bowery. That would be the last record. I just uh, put together a really good live band for that time period of, Touring and the St. Mark Social. Um, this is something that you know we couldn't seem to take off the road. We, we enjoyed being out there so much. We just uh, had songs. We'll travel, and, and it was guys that I you know really had a lot of fun with. So. What is uh and then I see Rodeo Queens. That was just a late night uh, project, a drunken goof that turned out to be a, a <laughs> song I did with, with uh, Green Day. <laughs> One yeah. of those moments, right? Yeah, well, I think those I know those moments. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. the, now, now you're working on an album, right? You're doing something now, right? Yeah, I'm doing an album now. I'm doing um, a record that's almost done. Like we're just mastering it. Like the next week, before the Labor Day, it'll be finished, and it'll come out next year. So. Wow, that's oh, great. awesome! I mean, we have, we yeah, want to yeah. have you back when that comes out. Yeah, that's definitely. Awesome. I mean, I could, that's going to be a thing. We got to have Jesse back. The um, what? And, and now I know also you're on a serious pro. You're on part of a partnership with John Varvatos on Sirius XM. What? Could you tell us something about the show you're on? We're very serious cookies. That's what we are. <laughs> very What's it called? What's Secret. Called? Um, it's called New York Nights. It's a it's a radio program that we do on Spectrum, and uh, it's like a monthly nice. show. You know, we just geek out on records we like and slap each other around the office. You know, we pretty much have guests too. You know, we've had some nice guests on other artists and just talk about music and play records and you know, go up. We have a lot of people listening live, so we want to make sure that everybody knows you're here. You're live. This is really you. (laughs) This is really me. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of people listening live to this show today. I wanted to I want <clears throat> want to go back to a serious thing because you had mentioned me on the phone and I was talking to you. you had Charlie Watson. I used to pack jazz records at ESP Disc, the funky indie label. Uh, Jesse I used to send a package of jazz albums to Charlie Watts when he had a farm in France. That's what I remember. Wow. The beginning. Well, he was a nice guy. He was promoting a jazz record. Funny enough. There we go. The publicist said, "Please don't talk to him about the Rolling Stones." But the way <laughs> I got around that was I asked him. What are your favorite records that you've played on? And he oh. said Brown Sugar and Rock wow. Talk. Really? And then we start talking about a, a guy uh-huh. who's a mentor to me, Giorgio Gamelski, who um, I, I grew up in his house rehearsing and doing parties. He used to produce the Yardbirds and manage the Stones. And oh when we were God. little hardcore kids, we you know ended up at Giorgio Gamelski's studio, and he's still there. And he was one of the supporters in my life of my music and my journey from heart attack, degeneration, even the solo stuff. So I mentioned Giorgio to Charlie, and he oh lit up and was telling all these funny stories. And so, uh, but yeah, what a nice guy. And then John, who comes from his fashion world, when connected to rock and roll, of course, wanted to talk to Charlie about the suits and how you know, Charlie always looked different than the rest of the band. He always, you know, when they were all hippied out, he, he had a crew cut. And, you know, he just <laughs> he kind of had his own thing. He wanted to dress like Fred Astaire in the 40s, you know, and he's playing in the Rolling Stones. So he's definitely his own man, and um, and what a sweet guy! And it's been honored to have him over our microphones. And do you do you know? So, I got to tell you something, Jesse. Years ago, Georgia Kamelski would run parties. I used to go to down down downtown. You know, he had this little yeah, area. Yeah, still got that space. He even had an S and M called Paddles. Huh. 
So I, now I'm going to bring up something that we all love and dear to, uh, I think, Jesse, in my heart, the Ramones. And this is part of every time Jesse plays, he plays rock and roll radio. And I did the album cover for End of the Century and, you know, Road to Ruin, It's Alive. But anyway, uh, they're big in your life. I know this. They're, they're very, right? The Ramones are well, like a thing. inspiration. I'm from Queens. Yeah. You know, I got into them after I was into Kiss and... They were like a gang, and they seemed to all wear those leather jackets, you know. And I, I just felt like this is something like I was studying all these guitar solos, Jimmy Page, and all this metal. And then I was like, man, fuck it. And Ramones, three, four chords, I can write a song. Look at this, let's go. And <laughs> I think it spoke out that, you know, lots of people could express themselves and form a band. You didn't have to be a study virtuoso noodling your way into Berkeley that you could, you know, just draw on a fucking t shirt. And, and form a band with your friends and have the passion and, and power and so that and plus they did write great great songs yeah they really um and made great and, records and and, and they're, live. they're iconic they're they're, yeah. they're really and right again, iconic. Them was um you know joey had a really sweet side to him that was very soulful and connected to music and johnny was you know driven and funny and we learned a lot from touring with them with degeneration i gotta tell you i got i gotta tell you a story when i Fasaya Records. When I was working for Sire Records, the art director said, "He called me up one day, uh, Jesse, and he says, Spencer, I don't believe this.' Joey Ramon called up Sire Records to ask how I how I am. He says he never calls up Sire Records to ask how anybody is. I always had a good relationship with them, you know. Yeah, well, they was a great side. I mean, crazy, mad, dysfunctional geniuses, but uh, <laughs> right. yeah, there was a lot to learn and. And I yeah. definitely got more respect, unfortunately, like many things once they were done. And, you know, like the Clash song, Death is the Star, you know, it's like they're bigger now. You hear them at the ball game or you see the T-shirt in Bloomingdale. Yeah. When they were alive, they were they were struggling a lot. So right. weird, bad side, yeah. irony of life and success and stuff sometimes. I, I just want to tell you something. You're, you're very, you know, to me, what I see in you that I really relate to, being a real renegade music guy myself, you're... Your speed of how you play is not the same as theirs, but you have this very high energy way of playing. And it reminds me, uh, but you're not the same as the Ramones. I don't want to put you in the same ballpark, you know, but, but you are in a sense of, of the speed of the way you play, you know, which I really love, by the way. I really love that. You know, well, you've got to play, right? play live. I think there's a difference in listening to a record or you go to see yeah. people live. I always liked artists that really gave themselves. I watched films with Otis Redding or ACDC or the Bad Brains and seeing, you know, groups like that, Iggy Pop. And, you know, I just think if you're going to play live that you want to take, make it another experience. And, and so it's, it's fun. If you have a good audience, they give you the energy and it goes back and forth and you can get to sweat out your poison, your demons. And it, it comes with the thing you get hooked on, playing, you know, especially with yeah. people, too, with a band that you connect with and, and they bring something to the songs. You know, it's almost I think that's really important, thing. and I think that shows in a lot of your videos, too, especially the stuff you did with Bruce Springsteen and then, um, some of the other things you did um, by yourself. I think that you come across with the message. I think most of your music has a message, and I wanted to say real quick, the song that we opened up with is Burning Down the Bowery, and um, what's the story behind that song? Um, I think that's about changes in a place, in a town. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's about gentrification and uh, history, you know, particularly New York. I, you know, grew up 
going to see the GBs when I was 12 years old, yeah. doing audition nights and the hardcore matinees, and then, you know, life changed, and we hung out in other places, and, and just before uh, making this Love It's Life and writing our song, I was back in a loft on the Bowery writing and looking out the window, and, you know, some things were the same, there's homeless people, and then there was you know, Whole Foods department stores and galleries and fancy clothing stores and fancy nightclubs and restaurants. And uh, it was just, just looking back at, like, you know, so much changes, but then some things are still the same. You're still standing there with a guitar, singing songs. My grandfather mm-hmm. used to sell liquor up and down the streets of, of the Bowery to a billion years. Wow. Really? Told me stories, you know, and, and just... Uh, oh, that's funny. So, yeah, you how was your family... By the way, history. Jesse, how was your family life being brought up? Your mother and father, how, how was that? Uh, you know, they were divorced, you know, so I grew up with my mom and my sister in Queens and it left for um, a lot of unruliness and, and chances to explore. The city being a subway ride away full of uh, debauchery and excitement, pre-Giuliani, uh, pre-Nazi New York corporate Starbucks uh, subway, you know, ass fuck. It was mm. more of an open place. So we kind of uh, would come here and just like be like, wow, get away with anything, you know. And, and we wanted to see it all, uh, mostly music-driven. But, you know, if go to 42nd Street, see four movies for a dollar and porno, just, you know, see things, go out in the street. And, you know, there was just everybody looked like characters. There was a sense of danger, I guess, because of the, the extremeness and the poverty and the, the conflicts. But it had a vibe, and I think that's something I always liked in, in music. Even the films that I grew to like years later, like Taxi Driver, that show that, and Mean mm-hmm. Streets and Midnight Cowboy and all that jazz, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, well, so that's you know, that's what he was I wanted to ask him what kind of music well, he was listening to when he was growing up. Well, I had a couple of babysitters early on, and they used to like early Elton John, and I ended up with Yellowbrook Road, Goodbye Yellowbrook Road, and I looked at all the lyrics. Oh, wow. I they were all popping, but they were all pretty dark, so I, I got into that record, and then I got into Kiss. Like a lot of kids my age, we were yep. connected to this thing because it was monsters and blood and leather and fire and loud guitars and screaming at your parents and it hit me at that age and people used to say kiss sucks kiss sucks but <laughs> we believed that they were the best and at that time for us it was and then from kiss you know it was zeppelin Aerosmith, and stones and we we studied back from older brothers that people had to you know lou reed and you know things like that and you know we wanted to know the history of it all chuck berry and muddy waters and and then punk you know came i saw the sex pistols on some video or something I don't know and it, it just made me want you know like get even crazier and break shit up and just like it seemed uh-huh. very pointed very immediate very angry and energetic and so I started to explore all that that stuff and and then um and then sort of from all that when those bands broke up and faded out I was still young but I I wanted something and, and they told us in the city you know it's all dead punk is dead listen to Rockabilly, New Romantic, New Wave, Power Pop, and we weren't feeling that, so we walked around the city and we found bands like the Stimulators and the Bad Brains and False Prophets and the Undead, and and then we bought records from bands like the Dead Kennedys and the Circle Jerks and Teen Idols, and next thing you know, there was an energy, and it was called Hardcore, and it was happening, and it was something that kids my age from the boroughs, from the city, could all mm-hmm. get together on a corner, hang out, and go to shows, and there were great bands. Hang out and have music. fun, yeah. Well, we had yeah, a lot and really. frustrating to say. Yeah. We're living in the Reagan days, and, you know, the draft was getting close to the idea that you could be 16 years old and go to Central America, and they were scaring us with the nuclear arms race, and ketchup was a vegetable, and it just seemed like a 
a weird time, and um, we we just got really deep into the message of hardcore, the DIY, you know, do it yourself, DIY kind of ethos, and uh, the whole thing was spreading without the internet, without um, you know, without any kind of connection, not even telephones. Like that people just knew about it, and scenes start to happen all over America. So mm-hmm. you could go on tour and crash at different people's houses. They put shows on in basements. Oh, so you basements really, you home. really liked, you liked the whole thing. What, what really, what really inspired you to play the music was really being able to express yourself with your friends and stuff like that, and really living the lifestyle, huh? Yeah, hating on people that all look the same. Yeah. I guess there was a lot of anger at the time, which is, you know, good and bad, but I just fucking hated that they wanted you to do the same shit in school and go to college mm-hmm. and wear designer jeans and fucking kiss ass and, you know, and everybody was all macho and everybody was all conformist. And it just seemed like there had to be another way to just be your own person and that it was okay, but it was hard to find that. And once we did, it felt like a, a celebration of like, hey, this is what this is our voice, let's fucking do it. So you expressed yep. yourself yep. through your music, and and you were able. And how did you? How did you? Were you able to hook up with all these different people and work with them? How did you uh, meet everybody that you've done all these all the work with? Well, I want to ask. And, I want to. I want to ask you something about that. Uh, Johnny Pisano was with. A, you know, J- Willie Nile was on our show. Jesse, um, he's a very close friend of mine, and he you know, he knows me and Holly. Uh, Johnny Pisano is a great guitarist. Bass player, yeah, he's a great bass player. He played on, on my first two albums, yeah. Yeah, and I'll go back to Holly's question. How did you hook up with a lot of these, like Green Day and all that other stuff? Yeah, how'd that happen? happen? Yeah, it just happens. You're just, just in the right place and like, right time. You know, you're just playing, if you're playing music, you know, the, the board gets out. You just play music and you meet people that play music and... And it just, you know, sometimes you meet people that you really admire and stuff, and mm-hmm. it's just sometimes you meet people you click with. And it's just kind of, I think if you're out there making records and speaking to the world, you know, stuff happens. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's yeah. cool stuff. And sometimes sometimes it's a, it's a tomato in the head. You know? Sometimes it's Like you really said, beautiful. you like to sit around when you're not playing music, sit around and talk about music. That's really awesome. So what are your current projects right now you're currently working on? I know you mentioned that you're currently working on a CD and you're getting ready to go on tour in the U.K. You want to talk a little bit about what you're currently working on and where you're going with yeah, all, everything? Yeah, we're finishing the last mix on the new yeah. record, like I said, and just trying to narrow down the songs. You know, we have like 25 songs, and you'll make a record for awesome. four years and end up with a bundle, so don't want to put them mm-hmm. all out. So it's kind Who's of like playing, you, know, you love them all. It's your children, you know, it's like yeah. Sophie's Choice, you know, you... You don't want to, you know, get rid of them. And, and so I'm in the process of finding the structure of the record, the thread, mastering it once it's, you know, we got the sequence. And then um, we have a few shows coming up, and then we have a tour of the U.K., like I said, in, in, in um, November. Who's and, playing uh, on your album, Jesse? Who's on your album? Uh, Randy Schrager, Paul Garisto, uh, Derek Cruz, and myself, Don DeLego. Mm. and uh, a woman that plays wonderful bass too, Catherine Popper. And and then we also had a couple of guests, you know, Peter Buck from R.E.M. Uh, wow. Had, uh, Peter Buck's my buddy, man. Yeah, Peter Buck is guy. my he's buddy. Which, the whole crew, Joseph Arthur, you know, Peter Buck. Peter Buck's amazing. Wayne Kramer from um, NC5 played on Oh, my song. God, really? Wayne Kramer? He played on a song called Freeway. And, wow. Wow. Um, and then also uh, Jay Maskis from Dinosaur Jr., my old neighbor, he used to live above me in in, uh, in Greenpoint years ago, and, and he plays oh. on some stuff. So 
but mostly it's my core band of people. And, and then I have Danny Ray playing sax and um, Satish and, and, you know, you got a lot of people that I actually uh, play live with, you know, so... Who haven't you played with that you want to play with? Um, you know, I guess I love playing with my band. I love great musicians that could say, oh, you know, you want to do a project with people that you're fans of. But um, I've been real lucky to play with, you know, some just great people. And as long as I keep playing with people I like that are great, it's not like maybe per se such a, a fantasy of, you know, whatever. I mean... I love lots of mm-hmm. drummers and fans, but I like playing with the people I work with. If I continue to work with them, I'd be real happy. I think you're playing. I think you're playing in a good quality mode, you know, Jesse. So you're going to always meet other people too along the line, also, and it's just going to be a wonderful world, you know, in music for you. Like Sam Cooke says, I like to play music you can jump around to, and I like to play songs <laughs> that are sad and, and meaningful. But I also like to have some fast numbers that you know get the room going. I, I like. You know the live aspect of the gets energy. a lot of movement going. Hey, you know, in yeah. all the times and all the different gigs and all the different things you've played, do you have any special moments you want to share with our listeners? Like anything that happened when you did um, work with anyone in particular, or any? I was moments? in Texas once. I never was in uh-huh. Texas. My friend had made me these really tight pants and degeneration, and I started to go on the floor and do a split and everything, and I was jumping around like an idiot. And the pants, the pants ripped open, and they were cheap pants. Oh, God. And the next day, I'm naked. And what are you going to do? You're going to get all embarrassed? You go with it. So I just went with it and finished the set. All right. Naked. The road manager came over. And in Texas, they have cops in all the clubs with guns. Usually one cop. So they came over, and they said, you cut the naked crap or you're going to jail. <laughs> so I had to put oh out a raincoat and put this raincoat on and, and do the rest of the show in this like flasher perfed out raincoat naked <laughs> underneath. Um, the pants were destroyed, and uh, I, I don't. It was you know it's a funny thing because we were from New York. We didn't know that Texas took shit like that that serious. The cop <laughs> the club, but, but I still see that road manager. Sometimes I'll text him and I'll write. Cut the naked shit or you're going to jail. <laughs> That's the stuff you don't forget in life, right? That's the stuff yeah. you don't forget in life. One but, time, I'm a big fan of um, the Pogues and Shane McGowan, the singers. It's one of my favorite. Oh, the lyrics. Pogues! I worked on a cover for them for Island. They're great. Yeah, really great. And so he, you know, is famous for his work, but also for mm-hmm. his drinking and his, uh, you know, <laughs> I guess extreme living. Shane McGowan. Mm-hmm. So we're playing in London, and I had name checked him in a song off the Heat. Wow. Mona Lisa. I think the line was hanging with the local talent, drinking like your Shane McGowan. And I'm um, on stage playing in London at the, I don't even remember the club, and Michael Sticker, my stage manager, says, Shane McGowan's on the side of the stage, and he wants to get up and, and sing with you. And I was like, well, you know, I don't know, we didn't prepare this. It's in the end of the set. So he gets on the show, on the stage, and the band had only known a couple things, so I turned to him and I said, what do you want to do? You want to do uh, Neil Young, Helpless, or... Elvis Costello, Oliver's Army. Those are the covers, you know. He went, and I said, okay, I guess it's Oliver's Army. (laughs) We sang that. He was drinking uh, booze out of a Pringles can. What? uh, Are you serious? That's hardcore. Yeah, it was still an honor to be up there with him. Photographs I still look at, and it makes me laugh. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. That is great stories. Great stories. That's great. So, so what'd you do with that purple raincoat? That's what I want to know. Did you take it off at the end of the night, throw it in the audience? 
<laughs> oh, I think I ended up in the dressing room, and yeah, I think uh, actually no, I made it back to the hotel because there was no pants, and I think I made the rest of the night in the raincoat back to to the hotel. Yeah, I didn't get to go to any uh, movie theaters with it or any, you know, walk to any malls or anything like that. I, I just went home and changed, and somewhere we were, I think it was Houston, Texas. Yeah, I might have been on tour, uh, I guess, for a while in Texas because there's like five or six cities when you're in Texas. Seems like a week. You know? Wow. Uh, you do, you know, the other thing I noticed about you, what you do with your, the Bowery Electric, also going back, is that you do some really nice stuff there for people, or there's benefits, or the way, the way you think about your, what's going on in the club is not only the acts playing, you have different events, like CBGB is a big thing there, right? I mean, CBGB. Yeah, they do their, um, I don't know what they call it, but it's like CBGB is all the people that work there or are involved in that old scene there that, keep the spirit alive, Louise and BG and Jane Freeman, they do uh, a lot of stuff. I forget exactly because CBGB is the name, the logo is owned by somebody, so they're, they're called something yeah. else, but it's a secret CBGB society, and they've been doing stuff with us for a while, and it always makes me happy. I mean, I think as far as, you know, the people that run Bowery Electric for me do a great job because they have their head in the future, but they also have respect that right. it's on Joe Ramon Place in the Bowery, and they're putting together a show um, September 14th, which is a tribute to the Ramones, just was the 40th anniversary, as you know, spent from the first gig they ever did um, on the Bowery in 74. So now it's 2014, 40 years later, and I believe it's going to be a benefit for cancer, uh, love, mm-hmm. hope, and strength, right. cancer That's charity. Right. And uh, Hanson Dick Manitoba's going to sing, I'm going to sing, and Cheetah Chrome, and uh, John Gallagher from. Oh, I got to go America. there, man. I've got to go yeah, there. Yeah, John Gallagher. There's still some tickets available. So I'm pretty good, actually, because, you know, the Ramones, I think people want to hear those songs and Walter Lore. It, it's a great lineup. And uh, But, yeah, wow. Love, Hope, Strength is a, a cancer charity. And, you know, mm-hmm. three of the Ramones died of cancer. And it's just, right. Uh, right. You know, but there, there's, there's a mix. you got to have a mix of, like, doing stuff that I think pays bills and then things that you can go back put back into to things that you believe in and, and stuff. And I think music is a good way to, to raise money from awareness and stuff. You can dump a bucket on your head for, um, you know, <laughs> ALS if you want it. <laughs> yeah. They're doing that now, raising a lot of money with that with a wet uh, ice bucket, calling people out on Twitter. I don't know if you guys saw any of that. But that's yeah, the I've ice bucket thing. I've been watching this ice bucket thing. What's the ice <laughs> bucket thing? Yeah, I'm old an ice bucket. I have to do it and call people out. You, you uh dump an ice bucket on your head first you call out three people and they have to do it or they have to pay a hundred dollars essentially for Lou Gehrig disease disease sorry oh, that's, yeah, that's cool yeah that's and cool. everybody's doing it any better everybody's you know, doing it I, I just saw I just saw the guy from um, Lord of the Rings did it <laughs> he's a friend of mine <laughs> and he sent me a message um, with a private video that he did um, the ice bucket thing and I was like what's the ice bucket thing <laughs> and I want to I want to I want to say um, again you're listening to a special edition of the Indie Cafe on the um, Red Velvet Media Network. And, you know, I've been getting texts. I kind of I, I flubbed it in the beginning a little bit. Um, I wanted to say that we do shows with um, the Indie Cafe once a month, and Spence comes in and out of my shows a lot. And um, the Red Velvet Media Network is uh, – we, we do a lot of shows on rock and roll, and we sponsor – quite a lot of different things so i just had a lot of my sponsors just hit me up and say i didn't know you had a partner in new york and i said no 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 i didn't mean that um i said i do a lot of we do a lot of shows together 
So I just want to make that really clear. Red Velvet Media is Red Velvet Media, and the Indie Cafe is on Red Velvet Media once a month, and we're so happy you're here, Jesse, on the Indie Cafe under the Red Velvet Media Network. So there yeah, you know, I'm trying to make it really a clear to everybody. I, I once told because somebody I, was, I had a partner in New York, and they thought that, I, you know, I was in love with another man. And, you know, yeah. Of, <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I got I got a text from a client, and they wanted me to. Dance they said, "Oh, partner. you have a client, you have a partner in New York." I go, "Well, he's my he's he and I do shows together all the time, you know." Yeah. And um, I said, "I and <laughs> I've been on for a while because I had to take a little personal time off um, due to my own um, thing, and um, I just wanted to make sure make that really clear to everyone and for everyone it's, that's in the wait, chat room, I'll make it even clearer. Spencer and Judith have the Indie Cafe, and then." Holly's and we've got to get Judith, and we got to get Judith on because you, Judith's barely on. She's been traveling so much. She's so. been traveling, and she's on flight from L.A., and mm-hmm. she says hello to We're dancing with all the partners, which up around from radio we, shows. We're friends. <laughs> than, we're, we're all friends. We're all really good friends. So. I've been with Holly since no. 2010. 2010, and, man, Holly. Yeah, 2010. and Spence comes in and out of my shows because sometimes I have people on that, that he has never met and wants to meet and sometimes he has people on his show that he wants me to meet so it's kind of kind of fun that way you know yeah 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 so we do we do we do we kind of wash each other off a little bit there that way but um i want to i want to thank you so much for being here today and i know that there's a lot more that maybe um spence did you want to cover some more well with, i want to uh, ask him Jesse, are you, are you, i know that yeah i want to ask jesse uh, Je- jess are you uh, friends with steve conti um, yes, he's not. He's a great guitarist, and I, I like his new record a yeah, lot. Yeah, there's a picture I have and of him, uh, him and Steve. Yeah, in my yeah. in the pictures. Yeah. Yes, yeah, Steve Steve's a great guy. He's been on our show. He's uh, really great. He's going to be on next yeah. month in yeah, October, right? New York Dolls, and yeah, yep. he's great. Yeah. He's going to be yeah, on in you know, October. New York yeah. has a, a lot of people. You know, I think we stick together here. As much as a big crazy city, I think there's a lot of, you know, the family and the scene, the music scene. Is big and yet it's small because everybody knows each other and I think uh, try to have each other's backs and not be so competitive. Just give the support because it's a tough world, you know. This day and age for music. And for yeah, and whatever uh, left, you got to love it. You can't, you know, because the business is I, all screwed up. Yeah, we've brought on like uh, like Richie Ramone and C.J. Ramone were on before you, with Willie Nile, and uh, I thought it was a great fit to have Holly and I. Thought it was a great fit to have you on, you know, this show. Yeah. Any of the shows can be heard on iTunes afterwards. And what's good about you, my dear, is you're going to be a permanent collection on my my iTunes and on Red Velvet Media. You'll be there. And uh, if anybody missed the beginning of the show, like they said, and also I'm looking here, um, let's see, I don't know, is somebody running your um, uh, Facebook page, your Jesse Mellon um, Facebook page? Yeah, we date somebody deals with that oh, every cool, day cool, actually cool. in Okay, well they just announced that there's tickets on sale October eleventh with Joan Jett and the Blackhearts at the Count Basie Theater. Um, I guess uh, it's Ricky Russo's birthday. Are you playing on um, that? Rich Russo, yeah, he's a DJ and, and um, we're gonna be playing with the band with Joan Jett in New Jersey at this Red Bank, New Jersey. Yeah. yeah, that's gonna be great. I'm a Joan Jett fan and, and Rich is a uh, a real rock and roll guy, you know. Je- Jesse, Jesse, I did six albums for Joan Jett. You know, I designed six albums for Joan. Wow, that's sick. <sighs> and she's a she's a hot rocker. I'm glad you're on the bill. You've done it all, Spence. You've done like every good. You only do work with good people, huh? Only I don't think there's anyone Spencer hasn't worked with. 
It's like weird. You know, it's weird, Jesse. It's like I, I'm going to be talking about it later, but there's a nug- I've got to bring this up, the Nuggets 3 show with Patti Smith, Lenny Kay, my friend, and you're playing on there, right? August, August 31st at City Winery. That's a hot show. Yeah, the New York City, yeah, down there at the City Winery is fun on, on one of the Barrack Street. Yeah, I like that the Nuggets record. I think I'm gonna do uh I think I'm gonna do Lies by the Knickerbockers and then Push Them Too Hard by the Seeds. Oh that's so great. Oh yeah. wow. That is really cool. I wanna get psychedelicized. I'm gonna have to get it all, <laughs> you know garaged up and in the winery I'll drink a few bottles of wine in psychedelic <laughs> yeah. psychedelic Pino Collapso, we have. Uh, you got to have a mail-in mix. The mail-in mix, man. Yeah, you play there. They give you a bottle of wine. I, I give it to my father. They make a, um, you know, you play there. They, they sell wine yeah. with your picture on it and, and stuff. So we played there a couple nights, and they made they do that. Ma- yeah. ma- mail-in mix. I didn't know what to do with the bottle. I gave it to my father. <laughs> drink, but do you, it Jesse, do you know where I'm located? Do you know where I live? In the And where do you live? And let me tell you. <laughs> I live in, in wine well, heaven. Right now I'm in Sonoma. I'm in Sonoma, wow. California. Yeah, right in wine, wine country. We had early harvest this year because it was extremely hot. Um the wine is gonna be really good this year. Um I'd like to talk about it but I don't drink, but um it's really funny. I live in wine country and I don't drink. But um, wow. <laughs> it's it's tri- yeah and um it's beautiful and i mean the wine, the vineyards are absolutely gorgeous right now and uh they did early harvest and we've had really nice weather and i've heard i talked to somebody earlier today and it's like over 100 degrees um on um, places on the east coast is it hot there in new york where you guys it's are it's pretty easy summer it's yeah it's that, easy right it's kind of bad i mean if if the if the weather was hot, I'd be creating a winery. I'd be mixing Manischewitz and uh, Methodist. Oh, I'd, I'd love to have you up here. We have no, a harvest um, festival every year where we have. Um, oh well, the Doobie Brothers are like live here, and they have a, um, a recording studio here. And um, Carlos Santana and um, Jack Blades and um, um, uh, just Tommy Shaw and all the all the like rockers, you know and People they get together and they all kind of play like Bad Company played and Heart played last year and uh, we sometimes um, I know Neil Young was coming up and um, a lot of different people. Have you you've actually uh, met Neil and worked with Neil, correct? No, I only met him once. I never worked with him. I I just talked to him once and covered. He's nice, isn't he? A nice guy. Yeah, he's a good guy. He's really. Really he cool really guy. has a lot of a lot of uh, meaning behind a lot of his music too, like yourself. I like that you have, um, you know, uh, there's there's a whole story behind everything you do. I know we're ending our show today with a song called "Lonely at Heart," and it's a whole different sound for you. Can you tell us a little bit about that song? Yeah, I wrote it um, after reading some biographies on J.D. Salinger when he was still alive. Really. Um, Wow, it's kind of based on one of his short stories and based on his life. Um, it's kind of influenced by a, a story in the Salinger, fourteen stories from Esme with love, and mm-hmm. um, and that's where I got a lot of the idea for Lonely at Heart. That combined with my own personal experience, <laughs> you know, you see parallels in other people and uh, the Salinger biographies. So that that that's the true 
Inside Story, and I'm glad you're playing that one because it doesn't get played that often. I chose it. You know, it was really funny. Yeah, great song. I listened, great song. I listened to the. I listened to all the tracks, and let me tell you guys, the tracks on this uh, CD are pretty pretty cool, and there yeah. are some really interesting sounds. And I and I just I don't know. I listened to Burning on the Barrier. I heard all the way from Moscow, and then um, you know um, St. Mark's Sunset. And then I don't know that one just really lonely at heart just really made me feel like that really had such a meaning to it and there was such a there was such a message that you were giving in that yeah. in that um, song so that's why I chose that because it shows a whole different side of you and right. for anyone that hasn't seen you in concert they can see you in concert soon and um, um, do you ever do any like um, you know, when they do the live mic nights, you know, walk in and do you ever just show up somewhere and just play? Since you I've like done that, you know, you know, I've yeah. just showed up and said, like, you know, they said the good old boys were playing outside the building and yeah. they said, we're the good old boys now. But um, I've done that. It's kind of fun just to come in raw and just jump the up there mic and nights, do that. Yeah. Yeah, I've done, I, I did that a few years ago. I, I just you just never fun. know. You never know who's going to show up. I got to tell you a story. I got to tell you a story because I talked to somebody, uh, Jesse and Holly, about Kenny's Castaways. Was a, you know, you know, Jesse. Remember Kenny's Castaways? I was very close with Pat Kenny at that time, and all these great artists would play. You know, they just come walk. What they did is like they would play at the bottom line, right, and then they have a break in between the sets. So all of a sudden, someone come in like Johnny Winter, you know. Or Bruce Springsteen, you know, right? And you're standing in this place, and all of a sudden these guys walk in, they play two or three songs, and then they go for their next set out in the bottom line, you know? It was kind of like really cool uh, to see someone just come in on an improv, you know, and just play. Yeah, that that's cool, and people like to play that much that they have to, and they just, you know, they just want to do it even when they have a break. Yeah. But I like both kinds of music, country and western. Oh, do you? What, what do you, who do you like on country? I want to hear that. Yeah, um, I have the line from a movie, The Blues Brothers. But we do both. We play both kinds of music, country and western. But I, I just like the music. You know. yeah. That's cute. But um, yeah. No, I mean, I'm, Jeff, you know, you're a lot funny. Of Hank Williams, I like. Hey, listen. You know, I'd like to have. You know, I'm part of the Southeastern Film Festival that's going to Atlanta and Nashville next year. I'd like to. If we could get this together, you come down and play in Nashville, Jesse. Yeah, it's nice down there. It's getting popular. That'd be cool. It's big. It's Are you big, actually yeah. going to go yeah. to that, Spence? Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, I pushed it on Lee Stewart, the head of it, and she loves it, the idea. So that's what we're doing. And we want to make it a film and music thing. So we got a lot of people in mind. A lot of people want to come down there. I'm thinking of Jesse, for instance, you know. Oh, that'd be great. cool. And uh, it's crossover part of that place too, right now. now. Oh, really? Yeah, that's right, you're a film too, judge. Now. Yeah, Ooh, Holly's yeah, a film yeah, judge yeah. on our festival. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It's, yeah. it's going to be, yeah, you got to come down. It's going to be exciting because... Yeah, Nashville's uh, a fun place. It's definitely growing a lot, too, lately for me. Oh, yeah, time. and, you know, you know Jesse... The Bluebird Cafe. B.B. Yeah, Bill's been playing there a lot. Yeah, but I want to bring up that Nashville now, uh, Jesse's bring up a good point that it's crossover music now. Like, years ago mm-hmm. I went down there, it was totally country-western. Now it's like, right, Jesse? It's crossover, punk and everything. Yeah, a lot of rock and roll, punk rock, you're moving there, and a yep. lot of friends I know living down there. Yeah, it, it's definitely cool. you still got a lot of classic history there, the Ryman Theater, and, you know, just all those studios. There's a lot of those old studios that's still, they're great players. 
So yeah, Willie Nile was just down there writing. He told me he was down there doing. Something. Yeah, yeah, Willie loves it. <laughs> I, I just I say, listen to this. I send my forty-five book to Jack White, a third man, right, Jesse? And you know what he does? He sends me a box of forty-fives. <laughs> Oh wow, that's great! Is that yeah, cool? He's such a vinyl. He's a vinyl head. You know, he's a vinyl. Yeah. I just want to hook up with those guys. Third I like that record so Neil Young did in his booth there, Letter Home and stuff. That was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that uh, that really that company excites me. Jack's company really excites me in music. You know. True. I I see that. Yeah. Well, um, I got to jump into the studio and stuff. I know it's coming on. I know. We wanted. I wanted to say to you. Hey, listen. Thanks I hope a lot, you have Jess. a good weekend. Yeah, both you guys too, and thanks for having me on the and show. And I'll speak and, to you. I'll speak to you, Jess. I'll speak to you. Yeah, I love we'll you guys. Soon and everything. And Holly, nice to meet you on the oh, on the air. Oh, it's so nice to meet you too. And Jesse, thank you so much for all the inside stories. And it was really a pleasure having you on this special edition of the Indie Cafe on the Red Velvet Media Network. I really enjoyed having you on. And um, again, I want to thank your publicist as well for all her efforts in sending me all the information. And, She's great. Um, that yeah. we finally got it. All right. Jillian's great. Jillian's great. Hello, Jillian. She's great. We love Jillian. Have a great weekend. And uh, we're going to carry on. And um, we will end the show with Lonely at Heart. And uh, I love the story behind that. That's really beautiful. And Pop Culture News. Check out that story from S. May with love. I will. I will. Cool. And Jesse, Jesse, I want to see you when I come to New York, okay? Yeah, we're here. If we're out on tour, we're in New York. We'll. uh, We'll go out and have a, a fake wine. <laughs> no, listen. You know what? We'll, we'll, have, we'll have like a. We'll, we'll go out and we'll have like um, I don't know something fun, whatever. There's always some going on. I know, I know. I got the style, the style, man. I love you guys. Right, love you guys. All right. All right. Bye bye. Have, have a good night. night have a good night, bro. And be safe. And for everyone listening, we're going to take a little break now. We're going to go into pop culture news, and we will be right back with. Yeah. Spencer Drake and Holly Steffi. And Holly Steffi. <laughs> Who wants yesterday's papers? Who wants yesterday's guns? Who wants yesterday's papers? Nobody in the world. Yeah. 
And there you go. <laughs> now we're gonna go. <laughs> now we're gonna go. I was gonna say, you know what? I'm gonna have to change the rating on my show because Jesse had a potty mouth today. I'm usually <laughs> the one with the po- I'm usually the one with the potty mouth, but yeah, yeah. Um, I That's got funny. I got a little warning, so I gotta I gotta change the rating on the show, but no big oh deal. My God. And oh for my God. everyone listening, I really am really happy that you stayed around for pop culture news. Um, what's happening on the East Coast, my well, dear? Well, I'm gonna. I'll tell you, it's like power packed here. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. October 27th. Uh, I, I can tell you about it, a thing on October 27th. I wish you could come to this. Alice Cooper, uh-huh. uh, interviewed by Anthony DeCurtis, who's we're going to be in a book of his on Lou Reed he, uh, at 92Y in New York. Now that's going to be hot. Uh-huh. Alice Cooper being interviewed with a movie, and so that's good. That's down down. I would like to come th- to that. When is that? It's October what? October twenty seventh. So it's a ways down there. You have yeah, time to you know come what? back. Um, I told you, you know, I wanna I wanna say a couple things. Um that first Alice is just such a great guy. And um yeah. you know, he's done some really amazing work and um really some amazing work with my friend that just recently passed away that played with him. Um, so what's what's the whole thing going to be about? It's it's a film. Well, it's 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 going to be an interview with him. They did a um, Chris Stein and Debbie Harry thing before, which uh-huh. I was at, and that's how we got to meet Anthony. And Anthony such interviews for his Lou Reed book is amazing. But um, that uh, they're bringing in some really hot uh, hot people, and so Alice is the next one. And uh, there's a movie, uh, there's, a, there's an Alice Cooper movie that was put out, I think it was shown at Tribeca, and they're going to screen that. So it's going to be an interview with him plus a movie. It's going to be really cool, right? Oh, I bet you, I bet you they have the great Dick Wagner guys. He just recently passed away, and it was such a shock to me because I just talked oh, to him before wow. he went in the hospital, and he was getting ready to come on for an interview. And, you um, talked to him about a lot, yeah. You talked yeah, about and we talked a lot, and I talked to him like oh, the sorry. day before he, like, I guess, went to the next place and he said I'm going to be home in another day and let's set an inter- another interview up and um, Dick played with Alice for quite a long time and uh, was one of Alice's really close friends and did the iconic solo for Lou Reed's uh, Sweet Jane that they did on mm. the um, Rock and Roll Animals so um, mm-hmm. there you go I mean yeah, he's that's someone that we're definitely definitely going to miss Dick Wagner is an iconic Rock and roll artist that mm. another one bites the dust, I guess you should another say. One, yeah. It doesn't yeah. like I don't even want to say it that way, but he said he he was a truly uh, an amazing human being that I dearly loved with all my heart. Oh, so, I'm sorry. Well, so right, got, right, he's with so the got, music got, angels. He's with the yeah, music angels. Yeah, he is, Polly. and he's smiling yeah. down, and he's in a better place. Yeah. So you've got um, the Alice Cooper thing going on. Well, that, yeah, there's going? a lot of other stuff. There's uh, August 6th, uh, Jesse Mellon was at Bowery Electric. Uh, we talked about that. Uh, St. Vincent, she's an incredible performer. She was at the Brick in Brooklyn that I saw Joseph Arthur at, and she's highly regarded by David Byrne. She's a great artist to look for in the future. Her name is mm-hmm. St. Vincent. Aaron Lee Turgeon, another artist we, we have his music uh, I talk about. He was at City Winery. He's another gifted artist who actually co-wrote music with Jack White. Uh, so you got to look out for him. Uh, we have the tribute that I was at, which I spoke with uh, Danny Fields and Monty Melnick and Bob Gruen and Seymour Stein, you know, the... Um, 
the yeah. tribute to Tommy Ramone last Saturday. I've got to tell you a story, though. This is funny, Holly. Seymour Stein had two great stories. One was how he met Talking Heads to sign them. And it's a mm-hmm. classic, but there's a trivia thing with this. He was standing outside talking to our friend Lenny Kay, and he heard mm-hmm. this music. And he said, oh, my God, what is this music? And it was Talking Heads. And he was, he was down to sign the Ramones at the time that night. And by coincidence, they're playing. Now, the, the story is the Talking Heads, which a lot of people don't know about, replaced the group that night. They just were by accident to be there. It wasn't like they were booked. And the group that they replaced was the Shirts, a group called the Shirts, which were very famous. And, um, and, but the second story is really funny. He knew Miles Copeland in the very beginning. You know, Miles, the police and IRS and all that stuff. And Miles calls up Seymour and says, uh, Seymour, I want to give you a deal. I, I'm going to give you, we're going to do IRS booking and we're going to do FBI booking, I mean FBI booking agency, IRS records. And I got this new group called the police. So mm-hmm. Seymour, Seymour goes crazy. He says, wait a minute, this guy's a nut. <laughs> he says, he's got all these names like IRS, FBI, the police. He says, I, I can't deal with this. And he, he walked at the deal. And then so Seymour says, after that, he says, you know, you make mistakes in life. <laughs> that's, a, that's the Seymour stories. Yeah, that's funny. That's funny. So, so yeah. I, mean, I remember was, you telling me about that. That was, very, that was pretty funny. Yeah. That's a funny story I thought everybody should mm-hmm. share. Um, uh, let's see what else is going on here. Nuggets 3 we talked about. That's August 31st at City Winery with our friend Jesse playing with Patty Smith and Lenny. That's going to be a hot show with Patty Smith. Mm-hmm. Then uh, September 4th, Steve Conti plays at another friend of ours, the Beast of Bourbon. The Beast of Bourbon. How do you like that name in Brooklyn? Oh, well, that's great. <laughs> And uh, September 14th, we have another tribute, Ramones, which we talked about at Bowery Electric. September 12th, Leslie West, he's a great guitarist. Unfortunately, you know, he, he had, he's in a wheelchair. He plays in a wheelchair now. He had diabetes, and it's a very sad story. He's one of the great guitarists, but he plays in a wheelchair. He's at B.B. King, September 12th. September 15th and 16th, John Mayle at City Winery. That's a hot show, right? You'll like that one, John Mayle at City Winery. Mm-hmm. Uh, Richie Scarlett will be on the Indie Cafe for everybody September 26th. Um, and uh, let's see, what do we have here? October 9th and 11th, CBGB Fest continues at Bowery Electric. Uh, September 29th, James Maddock at the Cutting Room, another great artist. Is it James uh, Maddock? I've been, I've had him on my show before. Yeah, he's great. He's great, right? And I, mm-hmm. I've seen him. He played with Willie, actually. Uh, one of Willie's. Yeah. October 3rd, uh, Richie Ramone at Santos Party House in New York. Joan Jett played there before. He's, it's a great place. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see. Thurston Moore of Sonic Youth playing at uh, the famous Vinyl Record Store, October 26th in Brooklyn. Listen to this. October 27th and 28th, Sinead O'Connor at City Winery. Oh, that's awesome. Right. That's great. I was uh, going to talk about the City Winery here in Napa. You know, they have one here in oh, Napa. Oh, really? And also, yeah, and they've been... They, great. Well, I'll talk about that when, when you're finished. Yeah, I'm East almost Coast, done. On the West yeah. Coast. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, let's see. So October 27th, 20... Okay, that was done. October 11th, Count Basie Theater. You brought that up. That was great. You brought that up. That was Joan Jett. Joan Jett kick. I had no idea Jesse's playing with her. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the books. I actually got two copies of a book. Uh, Jesse Fink, author, a book called The Youngs, The Brothers. I'm going to send this to you. Uh, your publisher is going to send this to you. It's The Youngs, The Brothers Who Built ACDC. It's an oh, incredible wow. book. Yeah, and it's got great stuff in there. My friend David Krebs, or Lieber Krebs, is in there. We designed for and so many people that I know were in this book. Uh, great author. And the second book is Peter Gabriel, um, a new, Without Frontiers. Uh, uh, this is Overlook Press. The author is Daryl uh, Eastley. And it's all about Peter Gabriel. It's her first book out on Peter Gabriel. Uh, Joseph Arthur is mentioned on three pages of the book. It's an incredible book on Peter Gabriel. Uh, those books you're going to receive, so don't worry about it. And that's that's covering New York, I think. That's awesome. You guys have that's some really great stuff out there. And, I mean, I know I always hear about all the really cool gigs going on. And yeah. we were lucky enough to have um, people on from the city winery, Shlomo, and all right. the different people. Yeah. And um, they have opened up a city winery here in Napa, and they are in the process of opening one in Nashville as well and also Chicago. So we've had some really amazing people here. Um, You know, a lot of people are really tuning into the city winery here in Napa, which Mm -hmm. is kind of a cool thing. You know, you've got Stephen Stills play there. um, Bruce Springsteen's played there. um, They've got Marshall Crenshaw and the Bottle Rockets. um, Wow. Um, uh, just lots of really, just lots of really great, cool people coming up. They're going to be playing their Men Without Hats. Um, wow! And then, and just Alien Stone um, with Romeo Testa. I mean, there's a lot of, and then Macy Gray. There's a lot of local stuff, but a lot of really cool stuff in September that's going on mm-hmm. at the um, City Winery in Napa. And then we have the, um, as I was talking about earlier, the charity. Um, 2014 uh, Fall Music Festival, um, which is September 19th through the 22nd. They haven't announced the lineup, which I think is going to be any day. But the past yeah. performers they've had has been like the Doobie Brothers, Willie Nelson, Greg Allman, Journey, Leonard Skinner, Cheap Trick, Bad Company, Graham Nash, Sammy Hagar, which, eh, Hart, Joe Satriani. <laughs> I don't Joe like Satriani? I, I love don't. Joe Satriani. Yeah, oh and uh, Michael McDonald, Chris Christopherson. Oh, oh wow. Jim Blossoms, That's hot. Oh, my Jim, God. Jim Blossoms, Kenny Loggins, Jim Messina, War, Power of uh, That's Power, great. The Turtles have played here, Night Ranger. Yeah, because we've got a lot of people up here that live in this Night area Ranger. that want to oh, come God. and play. Yeah, and, yeah, that's um, great. Night Ranger's great. <laughs> uh, well, Night, Night Ranger's awesome. They um, are. They are, man. And I'm going to try to get them on our show because I'm friends with one of the members of Night Rangers. Um, I'm friends with uh, his wife. uh, Oh, the lead singer? The the short one? One of the singers in um, Night Ranger, yeah. I used to love the song with the train and the leaves. Yeah. uh, Remember that uh, hit song they had? Uh, Great group. Great group. Yeah, Night Ranger's awesome. Hey, so... um, you know what I wanted? To, oh, I forgot something, Holly, honey. Um, there's going to be, this is very big, August 24th uh-huh. um, in Hollywood, they're having a Johnny Ramone tribute, 10th anniversary, 5 p.m. to midnight at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. And Ron. At a Ron, cemetery? Awesome. At a That's cemetery. Nice. Rob, Rob yeah. Zombie. With Steve Jones from the. Oh, yeah, uh, so I read about that. I read about that. That's yeah, the benefit yeah. they're doing, right? Yeah, I read about yeah, that. Linda, That's kind of cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, Linda Ramone producing it. And, uh, yeah, well. He had a lot of nice stuff out there. I mean, you get really great stuff out there. Yeah, and, you know, um, I'm, you know, it, it, it's like the changing of the seasons. It's also the weekend, guys, so I want to mm. tell everyone to enjoy the weekend however they can. And um, don't drink and drive, whatever you do. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I just always try to tell everybody that because it's, yeah. it's such a nightmare. I've seen so much bad stuff up here with people drinking at the tasting rooms and then getting in the car and driving. That's why we have That's right. limousines. Yeah. We have Mercedes limo buses that Oh, you're so high-end over there, around. Holly. You're so high-end over there. You don't have that in New York. That's you're, not you're high-end. High it's so not high-end. The, li- the limousines. No, the limousines. <laughs> it's... They're 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 funny. You see these little like little Mercedes blacked out windows, black buses, black on black right. buses, black and they're Mercedes black. buses, and they're full of tourists from all over the world. They come here, and we're wow. getting ready to get really busy here because it's getting into harvest season, and you're getting into yeah. um, you know um, the vintage festival, which is going to be playing. And I don't know who was playing the Tuesday night farmers market, but I'm not far from the plaza, and um, I was out off on one of the vineyards, and I was out yeah. and um, just taking a walk because I have to do that from time to time. And um, I could hear somebody wailing on a saxophone down there that was pretty pretty cool. So wow, somebody's playing some really good music around here, and I don't know who it is yet, but I will find out if I'm here long enough. Um, but um, yeah, so um, I'm really excited that I haven't been on for about a well, a couple week, about a month or so um, with Red Velvet mm-hmm. Media, and I'm glad that we were able to do an indie cafe show today. Oh and yeah, I'm, I'm really glad you're happy back, Holly. I'm glad you're back. I'm back. I am. I'm, I'm back. And you sound great. You sound great, man. Yeah. Thank God. I do. Don't but you I? had hell last week. I know you had hell going into this week. Yeah. Great. Well, for everyone that doesn't know, um, I don't even really want to talk about it on the air, but. You know, made an announcement, but I'll say it doesn't really matter. Um, I found out <laughs> I had cancer. Yeah, I found out I had cancer, guys, and yeah. um, I went through some treatment, and uh, I think I'm going to beat it, and um, yeah. I'm doing well. That's and right. you would never know to look at me that I am sick. I just am not out and about as much as I want to be, um, and I'm not able to travel like I want to because I have places to go, people to see. And um, I'm just not able to do it. But the time will come. And all I can say to you is this, is that um, I have um, been sitting back during this whole transitioning time. And it's really funny. I talked to somebody last night on the phone. and No, today. I talked to somebody on the phone today. Um, I talked to John from the Global Love Foundation, which I'm a love foundation. Um, wow. a glo- I'm a... I'm a love ambassador for the Global Love Foundation, right? That's good. That's great. And we were talking, and he said that there's, like, total change of, um, like, energy right now with everything Mm. in the world, and I agree. I mean, um, I feel it, you know. And so they were saying that June and July were really big months of changes. And Mm. all I can say is to everybody is that you need to really – love what you're around right now and really like I, I, I'm without words. I am I, I just don't have any words to describe 
what's going on in the world right now, and I really don't even want to get into politics because I don't even want to go there, but I'm just going to say that we need a divine intervention, and if there's anything that anybody could do for anybody, I mean, you know, the power of prayer, believe it or not, I, I, I hate to sound that way, but really, seriously, send some good energy out there, like good energy, good karma, mm-hmm. you know, to the world, because the world Definitely, really needs yeah. it right now. We need that love. It is. There's so much, so much stuff out there that's yeah. really and kind you of know, crazy, right? I don't yeah. want to see, really? I don't want to see my whole feed on Facebook filled up with all this drama that people are buying into. I know it's happening. I know it's really happening, and I know it's, it's out there. And um, I, it just really bothers me when people just keep posting the same crap all the time about yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff that's we know we know it's happening and right. you know the whole robin right. williams thing took my breath away because robin was someone we knew and um that really got me upset that people I, in his groups were talking openly i think that's totally wrong for any of you that went out yeah. there and talked about his personal life when he went to meetings it was an anonymity type situation and i think mm-hmm. when you're ever in any kind of situation like that if you go out and you sell yourself out sorry yeah that's you're true. not cool oh, you're and right. you know and his family asked for everybody to just kind of like chill out and you guys just didn't do it so i don't really i don't really want to hear it anymore but yeah, you're right i've oh, learned right. i've personally learned life is very short and you know, you need to appreciate what you have right now, and you need to also um, really be thankful for what you have, the little bit right. that you have. And, and 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 as in Robin Williams' situation, if you are in need of talking to, or needing to talk to somebody or in a situation where you really feel like you're bottoming out or you're crashing and burning, pick up the phone and call somebody. Don't be afraid. There are so many hotlines out there. And I don't want to hear how people were asked to leave meetings because they were on medication or whatever. Because You're obviously in the wrong kind of meeting then. You need to call headquarters and find out where you can go because there is a law that states where people are not asked to stop. You can still be part of something, even if you're on medication, and still be considered sober. So I just want to say that to everyone out there because there are people that are stopping their meds because, and that's causing people to get sick. So, sorry I had to go off on, on about that, no, but no, it's no, really no, something that's, that's been bothering yeah. me. And what really bothers me is the people that go on and on and on and on and on about what what could have happened and this and that. Yeah, well, you know, there are a lot stuff. of things that we just don't know that are behind the doors there. Like, you don't know right. my pain and my stuff that I went through. So I don't expect anyone to either. I, I, I'll, people... I'll tell you. Yeah. yeah I, Go ahead. You, there's a movie that you got to see, and I forgot the title. I'm going to come with mm-hmm. I hate this one. I don't remember. Uh, uh, the guy who's in uh, uh, old, com- old Country for Old Men. You know that famous. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You told me about this. This movie about is about this. About where he is an invalid. He uh-huh. he has the right reasons to take his life. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's thought it out. And you know, actually, you know he's doing it for the right reasons, but nobody wants to help him die, and he really has to because that would be the best thing for him, you know, and he doesn't want to go mm-hmm. through the torture of life in a certain way. And it's kind of like what you're talking about, people understanding uh, 
you know, what, what people are going through, you know, rather than just spouting out, you know what I mean? And you know this is going yeah, on. Yeah, right? it's like, it's like you people know, don't know until you're walking you know, that actual, until you're actually walking and you're yeah, actually, actually experiencing yeah. that stuff. Yeah. You don't know, and I know you told me about that. I'm not all for taking people's lives. I'm really not. But, no. you know, doing it doing it for a reason because that's something that you really want to do when you're thinking clearly in your head, and I'm not saying take your own life. I'm not saying that's right. Yeah, right, exactly. Right. Ta- I know. I know. I should I'm saying I that, um, you know, it's just really important that we honor ourselves. Right. And that's the most important right. thing I think I want to say here is that we honor ourselves most importantly because um there's a lot of that not happening where we're just not we're not we're not really listening to what's really going on and mm-hmm. we're kind of just like skirting over the issue. A lot but, of people um, do that. You're right. A lot of people Yeah, do and that. I don't want to get all serious here on everyone yeah. and I'm sorry if my you know, but but everybody knows I was a little sick before and I just didn't really know what was going on and I found out and I'm a, I I beat it. I've already beat it, but I did it without any treatment. I had surgery, and I'm totally cool now. And um, that's great. That's I'm just great. recovering, you know. And recovery is really slow. Still so recovering. All yeah. I can tell is to everyone out there is to send me lots of love, and we I'll send it right back that. at you. And um, I want to thank everyone out there that's been very supportive to me, and um, called me, checked on me. And sent me lots of love. I was, we always do that, Holly. It's know. so hard, Spence, just to listen to all this stuff that's going on in the world. And God you forbid, I mean, here I am talking bit. about no. my situation. Right. And I can tell you, I, I was amazed. And I'm going to do a whole show on this myself with some mm. people that are experts on cancer and awareness mm. and stuff like that. But that's a good one. Yeah. There are so many people out there that have it. And, you know, there are so many cures that... We just are so untapped, and I don't even want to go there right now about it, because. Yeah. but but it's there, and it's in the works. I'm in the works of doing some really great stuff, and everyone will know about it as it's happening, and um, I have some really great people backing me up on this, and um, Red Velvet Media will be back um, on its regularly scheduled shows on Wednesdays and Fridays. Wednesdays usually indie days, and uh, Fridays, and um, and then we do the Indie Cafe with uh, Spence and uh, Judith, and we'll be, you know, broadcasting a lot of new, really cool things. Like I have um, my friend Max, who's going to be back with his book, Cronus Rising, which is a great, great book if you're really into jaws and into animals and stuff like that. Mm. It's just like mm. really an amazing book, and um, I've got some people that have written some other really great books and some great music artists and stuff like that that will be coming up. So I want to end cool. the show on a positive note and say to everyone that we're here. And um, like I said, you know, just send out a lot of love to the earth right now because we really need it everywhere. And I really feel, I just felt so horrified when I heard about what happened, mm-hmm. the latest thing that ISIS did. And um, I just... I don't condone that. I think it's really awful. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of things we don't know, and so I don't even want to go there, you know? you got a large population of people, and most of them can't think, let me tell you. It's just, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So it's like yeah. you got to deal with all the garbage, 
But a lot more garbage. But you've got to also know that there's a story behind the reason why right. things are happening oh, totally to you. And, See, you know, we, all, we have to do our own research and not, like, take it out on each oh, other on yeah. the Internet, which really sucks because I've seen it personally happening, and I think you guys need to, like, stop. You're really bored. You're showing me you're really bored. Like, try to start talking about something really positive and really nice and send out talking really good about, energy to people. Talking about positive, we got a yeah. couple of positive things I want to say. I'm so glad Holly's yeah. back, healthy, yeah. and I love her. And Judith, I love you too. Judith, Judith Salvis, we love you. You're not here on the show, but we love you in spirit. And um, my friend Michelle just finished an operation. I'm sending her a healing angel. Yeah, how's also. Michelle doing? She's, she's going through it. And she may have to have another operation, unfortunately. Oh, gosh. Because, uh, you're right, I know. So she's going through some trip, but it'll be okay. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. Mm-hmm. But it's like, um, you know, there's certain people at, like you and Michelle and everybody heal, you know. I found out I'm not alone. That's the thing that really made me feel mm-hmm. good was uh, yeah, yeah. once sure. I went public with it, which I really wasn't sure I really wanted to because I was really warned against going public about it because mm-hmm. I said to, it was told to me in the very beginning when I had found out that I had it first you yeah. go numb right mm-hmm. then it's like then it's like okay how many people do you really want to let know about this and it's like I was told keep your circle really small and close to you because you never know what kind of energy is out there and what kind of things people could be throwing back at you so I kept my circle really small and the people that knew and I knew who really cared and the ones that called and the ones that really sent me emails and wishes and cards I want Mm -hmm. to thank Pamela so much for the beautiful card and my mom for everything for the endless calls I call and um and 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 Greg and everybody out there um you know and 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 yourself and 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 just and Harold and I, I, the list is endless. I mean, I can't tell you. Mm. It's really it was really important to me to know that people yeah. really yeah. knew where I was coming from. But you know what's really cool is see I can live to tell the story, but there are a lot of people that aren't going to be, and that's the really sad part. And I really want to be a voice for those people that aren't going to be able to tell a story. You know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly so that's right. where I'm coming from. Right. But, you know, on a positive note here, um, there's a lot of really good movies that are going to be dropping this weekend in the movie theater. And go check them out. And, um, you know, some really great um, radio shows that are coming up. And if you want to listen to this show again, it'll be on iTunes and also on demand on Red Velvet Media Blog Talk Radio. And for everyone that tuned in today, um, I'm sorry that we ended this show on, on a, a little bit of a somber note, um, but I really thought it was really important that we needed to get that out there and let everyone know what was really going That's on. That's true. Yeah. Can because, I mention one thing? Know, I just want to mention yeah, one more thing. Of course. Um, it just came in. No, it's all right, honey. Um, Jerry Harrison from the original yeah. Talking Heads, who's a producer yeah. now, just put out a movie I just heard about called, uh, uh, what is it? Take. Uh, God, fear, take me to the river, uh-huh. and it's about it's it's supposed to be profound. Um, I'm seeing if I can get a screening of it, but it's it's all about the South and music and 
and, and uh, it's going to be out September 12th nationally, but I think everybody should see it. And um, it's called Take Me to the River. And, um, and it's uh, the uh, Jerry Harrison movie. So, I, you know, I just want to bring that up. I forgot all about it. It's a very important movie. Yeah, there's a lot of, like I said, there's so a lot I of really Jer- great things dropping. Yeah, I think weekend. Jerry will be on our show sometime next year, you know. And then uh, mm-hmm. I'll get some feedback on it, and who knows? Maybe it's playing out there, and then I, you can go see it. You know what I'm saying? Because that's the type of movie mm-hmm. it is. You know? Oh, and there was one that's other it. person I want to thank, yeah. Jennifer and Shannon McDonald. I want to oh, thank yeah. Jennifer from the bottom of my heart because it was her in the very beginning. When I first found out, I called her. Oh, wow. And I was crying that's, and I was in shock a, and, oh, and yeah. she told me I needed an OB oncologist and um, I, I, if it weren't for her I wouldn't have gotten the best doctor that I have oh that's and, great man that's uh, so because cool. of her I didn't many, have to deal many. with it and Kudos you know um, her. on many, another many, level many. of just going in and somebody saying oh you have cancer just get a hysterectomy you know. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I mean, we want to hear we want to hear answers. We want to understand right. why, what are our options, right. what we can right. do. Right. Exactly. Are we exactly. going to die? Are we going to survive, you know? What should mm-hmm. we do, you know? Mm-hmm. But um there've been so amazing just amazing people out there that have and if there's anyone I'm forgetting, oh, Joan and Sandy too. I want to thank both of them and also um, Linda in um, Pennsylvania, um, and just, you know, countless people. Just mm-hmm. you know, but um, yeah. we are going to end our show today with the song "Lonely at Heart," which Jesse had told us the little story behind that, and I think that's got a really good story. It's good, to good it. choice, and, good choice. It's really yeah. good song. Yeah, it's great. And for anyone again that was listening, if you want to listen to it again. What's wrong, Spence? You're huffing and puffing. Are you okay? No, no. <laughs> I always get exhausted at the end of a show. It's like it, emotionally it gets drained. Yeah, I get a drained after the show. Oh, I time. love doing these shows. I'm so I love doing the show. It's just at the end I'm always yeah. exhausted. <laughs> it's like I love well, doing let's, the show. Let's but. go into the let's go into the last song and let's end the show. And I want to again thank Blog Talk Radio so much for their support of Red Velvet Media, and so much so. And um, I I want to send lots of love to everybody there, and especially Alan, um, who's dealing with his own things and stuff like that with his family. So I want to thank everybody. And um, here you go. And, again, make sure you check out jessemallon.com, and um, I also posted the iTunes link in there. And if you don't want to listen to the end of the show, you can always stop it when you hear pop culture news and uh, carry on with your day. If this isn't for you, this serious conversation. So with that, we'll end our show with Lonely at Heart. Have a great weekend, Spence. I'll talk to you later. You too, honey. I'll talk to you later.